Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. We're going to continue our series, The Summer in the Psalms. Uh, this is part three, and uh, we've already had an incredible day, and uh, I believe I got a word for you that God's going to uh, really shift some things uh, in your life, and uh, I believe it's, it's re- very strategic for you um, that you're here, and uh, very strategic that you're going to hear this. I, I was just ministering uh, this week, and um, I was in uh, Las Vegas and uh, at a conference, no judgment, all right? Godly conference, and um, we had a good time. And, 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 and then we, I was trying to fly to Miami to speak at another conference, and uh, my, my flight got canceled. And so, so my flight was canceled, and uh, my, they had no other flights that would get me there in time for the session, so I had to go to a different airline that I don't normally fly on because I'm just, this is just, I'm just weird like this. I like to know where my seat is. All right, so some of y'all know what airline this is. I like to know where I'm sitting. I don't want anyone else to sit in. I don't want to fight somebody. I don't want to like try to elbow somebody out of it. I don't want to be herded like cattle. I just want to know where I sit. Like I don't care if it's in the back, front. Actually, I do like the front of the plane, but <laughs> stay away from the lavatories if I can. But I, I like to know where I sit. And uh, so I had to fly a different airline that didn't give you assigned seats. And we hit all kinds of delays. We hit a massive storm trying to fly into Kansas City. The plane is jumping all over the place. And um, it it doesn't sound good. And uh, the pilot says, we're going to try to land in Kansas City. And so we're trying to land. The plane's going. People are like yelling like it's Six Flags. I mean, people are like, whoo! Well, you know, I, my voice is going, so I can't, I can't yell. It was a little bit, it was a little more demonstrative than that. Sorry. Um, but you can imagine in your mind that they were yelling. And, and so they're yelling, and, and, uh, and we're going, they finally, he comes, the pilot comes on the intercom, and he says, uh, we're running out of fuel. We can't land in Kansas. We are going to try to make it to Wichita. Try to make it? <laughs> what? We land in Wichita, Kansas. I'm just gonna tell you, if you're trying to go to Miami, Florida, Wichita is not like a close second. <laughs> Something like beaches and it's like, Wichita. The pilot came on and was like, well good news folks, we're landing in Wichita and they just installed a Chick-fil-A in the food court. I'm like, I don't care if they put a steakhouse in the food court, I'm trying to go to Miami. And so we're bouncing all over the place, the storm's pretty intense and they say that the plane has taken on damage and they have to inspect the plane before we get back on. Anybody else see a problem with that? Like, before you get back on, just get a new plane, man. Why do we gotta get back on the broken one? And so we're waiting. Finally, 19 hours and six flights later, I made it to Miami. They changed my, my night session to the morning session, so I got there in time to sleep a couple hours, get up and preach. It was awesome. And, um, and, and, and I've been thinking all week about this, this series in the Psalm, Psalm 62. Psalm 62 is where we're gonna be today. And, and, and David says in the Psalm, and we'll read it in a second, he says, where can I find rest? for my soul. You you ever felt like your life is a storm? Or you've walked through storms where it's just like, it's chaotic, it's bouncy. It's like the soundtrack track of your life is sounding a little bit like Six Flags. And and, and you could use some rest. You could just use like just a little bit of rest. Psalm 62, it says this. Truly my soul, David writes this, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and he is my salvation. He is my fortress. That sounds good. I will never be shaken. How many times? 
Never. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? David's getting a little crazy here. Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their heads they curse. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is, again, he is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. How many times? All times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Now listen to this. One thing God has spoken, two things I've heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. The psalmist David, as he's writing this, King David, Psalm 62, he says, where can I find rest for my soul? I have never in, in, in my life, in ministry, in, in almost uh, 19 years of full-time ministry, I have never seen more people struggling with anxiety, with discouragement, and depression than I see right now. People are not at rest. There's not, even when you lay down in your bed, you're not at rest. You try to turn off everything in your, in your house and in your life, but your mind is still on. You know what I'm talking about. And anxiety hits you. You begin to fear bad news. You begin to fear things are going to happen. You get in the car and you're worried you're going to get an accident. You go on a trip and you're worried you're not going to make it. Your husband goes on a trip and you're worried he's not going to be faithful. Your wife goes out with the girls and you're worried that she's doing this or she's doing that. Just, you're not at rest. And David says, where can I find rest? Where can I find rest for my soul? You know, you know what your soul is? We talked about this last week. Your soul is your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Where can I find rest for my feelings? Where can I find rest for my heart? Where can I find rest in, the, in my emotions? My, my wife, Jamie, she is deathly afraid of storms. And so I'm, I'm telling you, if a storm is on its way, which like today, there's supposed to be thunderstorms later, I promise you right now, when I go home today, that our closet in the house, which I thought it was a pantry, but I was corrected, it's not a pantry, it's a closet, and, but it's by the kitchen, so it's, it's odd. And, and it will be cleaned out, my boys will have both life-size rabbits in that closet, they'll have iPads, snacks, and I promise you that they will not be leaving until it's blue skies again outside. My wife, man, she don't play around. Her and Pete Delkus, they're like this. I mean, it's just like, when storms come, I get jealous of Pete. I mean, her and Pete are just tweeting back and forth. I'm like, could I have a little attention? Like, anything over here. And, and I mean, she's, she's afraid. And so now she's called our closet. It's not called the closet. It's called the storm fort. My, my kids get excited when they hear thunder. They're like, store fart! <laughs> Video games and snacks! But what is crazy is, is that they don't stay in there that long, but I'll go in there and Jamie will be in there. <laughs> I think the snacks and the iPad is for her. She's in the storm fort. And she's in, she's in her safe place. She's in her place where she goes when there's a storm on the outside to stay safe on the inside. Let me just ask you this. Do you have a storm fort? Let me ask you this way, is God, is, is God, him, his presence, his goodness, is he your storm for? Is, is he your safe place? Verse eight, it says this, trust in him 
at all times. That is just so difficult at all times. Wouldn't it be nice if the Bible like made it easy for us and said, hey guys, do your best to trust. It doesn't. It says trust in him at all times. Now this is the crazy thing. In the Hebrew, all means all. I know, I know. I went to Bible school. Uh, trust in him at all times. Trust is difficult. You ever had your trust broken? Trust is difficult. A lot of times people say that, that trust and faith are synonymous and they're very similar, but they're not the same thing. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's a difference between hope and faith. Hope is expecting good things to happen. I'm hoping for something to happen. I'm hoping that we're gonna make it to Kansas City. I'm hoping that I'm gonna get, make it to Miami. Faith is different. Faith is the supernatural ability to believe something that you do not see. Faith is bringing what I hoped for into my reality. So I'm hoping for that, but faith says I'm hoping for it right now. I'm hoping this happens. Faith says it's happening. Faith says in the, hope says in the future. Faith says now. That's faith. Now trust is different. Trust hinges on character. It hinges on experience. Trust can be built and trust can be broken. So when God says trust in him at all times, this is different than faith. It's different than just having faith in God. We have to have trust in something. Now, my, my son, Genesis, my youngest son, he, uh, he got like a splinter, a sliver in his foot a couple months ago. And so he's hobbling around the house. Ow, ow, ow. I'm like, Genesis, come here. Dr. Dad's in the house. I got this. And uh, so I got the needle, and I'm there. And he's like, don't touch it, don't touch it. I'm like, just calm down. It's going to hurt a little bit, but I'm going to help you. He's, I mean, he's not having it. I mean, he is kicking and screaming, so I'm holding his foot. I'm trying to, like, I got the needle in my hand. He takes his hand, his fist, and he clobbers me on the side of the head. <laughs> he's four years old. I'm like, come out in the name of Jesus. My, my goodness. Got some boundaries up in this house. He's, he's beat. I'm like, Genesis, I'm trying to help you. I'm try I have to hurt you to help you. Maybe that's why it's so hard to trust God, is that we think that any type of difficulty and any type of pain is to hurt us, but it's not to help us. God doesn't cause everything, but he does use everything. And you have to trust, not only in the character of who God is, but you have to trust that his plan for you is good. And you have to trust that anything you're going through, God is gonna flip around and he's gonna work it for good. God's not gonna keep you from the storm, but he promised to get you through the storm. God didn't say you never have to go through the fire, he just said the fire wouldn't burn you. He didn't say hey, you're not gonna be thrown into the pit, he just said you're not gonna stay in the pit. But it's difficult. It's difficult to trust. Isaiah 55 verse 8 is a verse I don't like. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's a scripture I don't, I don't like. It says, it says this. In Isaiah 55 verse 8, it says, For my thoughts, you ever heard this scripture before? Are not your thoughts. We love quoting this. Hey, brother, don't worry about it. His thoughts are not your thoughts. Well, it's easy for you to say, you know what that means to me? I'm not getting my answer. Because I want to know why. I want to know why good things happen, bad things happen to good people, good things happen to bad people. I want to know why. God, why didn't you come through? Why didn't they get healed? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't I get the job? Why did I get let go from the job? Why? why? I want to know. And this says, your thoughts are not his thoughts. This is like, this is like God playing dad, saying, you don't understand. Well, why? Because I'm the dad. Right? This, he just drops this. He says, 
My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Which means this, sometimes we won't get the answer that we're looking for. Can you trust him without the answer? That's really the question. The only way to find rest for your souls is to be able to trust in who he is. And it doesn't stop there. It says trust in the Lord at all times. And it says and pour out your heart to him. This is where I think we miss it as believers is that we are fake Christians. Not any of you, like other churches, other places, other services. We're fake Christians, which means that we never really tell God what's going on on the inside of us. We give him our best and we hide our worst as if he doesn't see it already, as if he doesn't already know the evil things that we're thinking or doing, as if he doesn't know the struggles that we're having, and we hide it. But the psalmist, David, he learned this. He was vulnerable before God, and he says, I need to trust him at all times. And he says, and I pour out my heart to him. What does that mean, I pour out my heart to him? That means I'm not hiding anything from him. A commentary that I read says this, it means to turn the vessel of your soul upside down in his secret presence and let your inmost thoughts, desires, sorrows, and sins be poured out like water. Hide nothing from him, for you can hide nothing. It's to pour it all out. I was at a, at a summer camp growing up, and uh, this, this speaker always used this example, which was super scary to me, because he used to, used to he really liked this, this point. He said, God knows what you're thinking right now. And I was single at the time, and there was a lot of reasons I went to camp. And one was for the Lord, but also because I was single ready to mingle, you know what I'm talking about? I was scoping and hoping. And so when he would say, like, God knows what you're thinking right now, I'd be like, Ooh, like, okay, redirect, redirect. And, and, and then, he, then he used to use this example all the time. He said, what if God would take your thoughts and play them like a movie on this screen right now? I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. I have sin. Because like, you start thinking about that, that's because we've got evil in us. We think evil things. I know we don't do anything. I know we never actually do it, but we think it. Do you know what pouring out your heart to God means? Being vulnerable to the place that says, God, I'm struggling. God, I'm anxious. God, I feel mad at you because I feel like you don't answer my prayers. God, I feel distant from you. I feel like I'm worshiping you and I don't sense you, I don't feel you, and I feel like everybody else has this awesome relationship with you. I feel behind. You know what that is? Pouring out my heart to God. It's pouring out all of me to him. You, we, do it, we, we do it to like other people. You know what I'm talking about? Like this would be good if we like actually told God about it. Some people say, well, I don't want to bother God with my complaints. Well, stop bothering your wife with them then. You know what I'm talking about? Like my wife would be saying amen right now. She'd be like, why don't you take it to the Lord, brother? I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you a scripture. It says Philippians chapter four, verse six. Do not be anxious about, I'll let you finish it, because I can't even stand to say it. Do not be anxious about anything? I mean, come on. The Bible that gives us no excuse, no break. The Church of Jesus Christ in 2019 gives us all kinds of excuses. It gives us all kinds of breaks, all kinds of options, all kinds of get-arounds, all kinds of excuses. I'm gonna tell you this, the Bible doesn't. The, the Word of God doesn't. Because God wants what's best for us. So he says, let me tell you how to get your soul to have a good rest, a real rest. He says, don't be anxious about anything. But he doesn't leave us there. 
He says, but, he pivot, a pivot, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So he says, instead of complaining to people, complain to God. Well, he wants to hear my complaints? Yes. And your entire family and friend circle will thank you. <laughs> he wants to hear it. Do not be anxious. So the way that I'm not anxious is I pivot the things that I'm anxious about to pouring out my heart to God. Yes, and then this is what will happen. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You know what that means? That means that the storm is still raging, but you still have peace. And people don't understand how you would have peace in such a storm. That's why it transcends understanding. People are like, I don't get it. I don't understand how you could have peace. That's the peace of God. That's the greatest testimony we could give to a lost world is that we're going through the same things they're going through, but we have peace in the midst of it. It doesn't mean that we didn't go through storms, we haven't walked through betrayal, we haven't walked through hurt, we haven't walked through pain or our trust being, it means that in the midst of it, we're at peace. That's crazy. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, it says, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything. And it'd be nice if you kind of left like a little paragraph in there about like, you know, when things really get tough, if you're anxious for a little bit, it's okay, just make sure you turn it to God eventually. It, it doesn't. It's just a command. Do not be anxious. And it, most people would argue this, like, well, that's not, well, I feel what I feel, Pastor. Don't you care about my feelings? Don't you care? No, what, I, this is the Bible. This is not me. This is the inspired word of God. Now, if it just told you not to feel or not to be anxious, that would be one thing. But the Bible doesn't stop. The Bible doesn't stop at do not. It stops at the pivot. And the pivot is, instead of stressing there, I take the stress and I pour it out to God. He becomes my storm fort. He becomes my safe place, my refuge. Let me break it down for you. This is what David said in verse five. He says, yes, my soul, find rest in God. So let's just say this, you are my rest. You're my rest. Look at what David says. He doesn't say you're our rest. He says you're my rest. I think we have too many Christians that it's our God and our faith and our church. You need to take some ownership over what God's doing in your life. It should be your faith and it should be your church. It's my God. It's what he's doing in my life. It's not your parents' faith. It's not your church's faith. It's not your pastor's faith. It's your faith. People wait for pastors or leaders to hand feed them, to help them get over things, to help them get through things. And we want to help, but I'm telling you, God wants to raise you up to a place where you say, you're my God. You're my help. You're my strength. You're my storm for it. You're my safe place. My soul finds rest in God. Happy is the man who feels that all he has and all he wants and all he expects are to be found in his God. You know why most of the time we're stressed is because we're looking for something outside of him. We're looking for satisfaction in something that's outside of him. I know this is old school, but this is real. This is Bible. I know we got all kinds of ways to say it nowadays. And oh yeah, take your time, walk your process, do your thing. No, no, God wants you whole. God wants you healed. God wants you in the storm for. God wants you in a safe place so that the storms of this world can't take you out. He is 
your safe place. It says in Matthew chapter 11, I love this scripture. I told you I didn't like the other one. I like this one. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, in the message translation, I love this version of it. It says, are you tired? Anybody tired? Any moms out there? <laughs> Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm. I love this. Unforced rhythms of grace. You know what that means? There's a rhythm to it. Anybody know music? There's a rhythm to music. There's a, you ever like listen to a song? It's like, man, I like that beat. You start like moving to it. It's like, oh yeah, I like that. I like that. That's good. I like that song. And then you hear the words. And you're like, oh my gosh, what am I? Yeah. <laughs> I did that the other day with my boys. Honest confession. I was like, oh yeah, this song. Like, look at then I'm like, oh oh my, oh my lord. Like, cover their ears. But 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 there's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm to grace. There's a rhythm to rest. I just, there's a rhythm to faith. There's a rhythm to expectancy. There's a rhythm to the, it's an unforced rhythm. You, you, you ever felt like your body just moved naturally to a beat? That's how you should move to the rhythm of grace. It just, you just begin to move. You just begin to move in rest. You just begin to move in peace. It says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and you'll learn to live lightly. Come on, are you tired? Are you worn out? Get away with him, and he'll show you how to take a real rest. This is what our world is looking for. They're just looking for rest. It used to be people were looking for happiness. People don't even look for happiness anymore. They just said, could I get some rest? We have now downgraded our pursuit from I want to be happy, I want to be rich, to I want to be at rest. I just want peace for my mind. I want peace for the anxiety. I want to be at rest. In God, in Psalm 62, through the psalmist David, he gives us a recipe, a solution in how to find rest. And he says, you are my rest. The second thing he says is, you are my rock. I love this. Not only is he a safe place, he's a strong place. I think we have like downgraded God's power. In 2019, we forgot that God's all powerful, that God's still in control, that God's still on the throne. Somewhere along the lines, I think we, we thought God like might have fell off the throne and, and now like the, the, the entire world is in the hands of the Republicans and the Democrats. And come on, God's still on the throne. God still has a plan. God's still working in America. God's still working around the world. He's a rock. He's a strong place. I can build on him. I can lean on him. I can rely on him. He's unmovable. He's unshakable. He's the same yesterday, today, and for, he's the rock, the rock that's higher than I, the rock that's bigger than I am, the rock that's better than I am. He's our rock. Not just a safe place, he's also a strong place. A place that I can take refuge, a place that I can hide in, a place that I can rest in, a place that I can, I can, I can lean on. Steady, steady doesn't move, unmovable by the storms of this world. Alone and without other help, God is the foundation and completion of my safety. In the psalm before this, Psalm 61, this is where David says what I just said. He says, from the ends of the earth I call to you, I call as my, earth, as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There is a rock that's higher than your circumstance. There's a rock that's higher than your stress, that's higher than your crisis, that's higher than your heartbreak. There's a rock that's higher, it's above it. 
And he is that rock. Not only is he your safe place, he's your strong place. And it doesn't even stop there. He says, you are my fortress. Now I love this because he, before he said he was his refuge. Now he's saying he's his fortress. There's a difference between a refuge and a fortress. A refuge is something that you run to. Let me read you the definition of a fortress. A fortress is a military stronghold. A person or thing not susceptible to outside influence or disturbance. Ooh, I want to find myself in a fortress that no matter what happens outside of me, it will not affect what's in me. I am focused. I am determined. My eyes are set on God. My mind is set on God. No matter how crazy the storm gets outside of me, I'm in my, I'm in my, I'm in my storm fort. That's what he is. He's my storm fort. It's crazy outside, but inside, there's peace. Inside, there is safety. God is my storm fort. Verse 11, has said this. It says, one thing God has spoken, two things I've heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. Now, I want to bring this all the way full circle because we talked about trust in the beginning. Trust hinges on character, right? That's what we talked about. It hinges on someone's character. That's why it's hard to trust a, tr a person that's not trustworthy, that has bad character. They're not honest. They're not integrous. It's difficult to trust them. Now for us, the reason that we can't trust God is because we gauge God's character by our outcomes. So if the outcome is not what we want, we think that God's broken our trust. So now it's difficult to trust him because the outcome didn't match up with what we want. But Isaiah 55 said, his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. So we can't solely rely on outcome for trust, we have to rely on character. And this scripture says that he is, our God, is all-powerful. That he, this, this is what it said, did you read that? You awake? It says, power belongs to you. Power belongs to you, God. That means not only is he God, but he's all-powerful. That means there's no other power that compares with him. There's no disease, there's no infirmity, there's no demon, there's no devil, there is no opposition, there is no struggle. Nothing compares to the power of God. Lucifer isn't making a comeback. God is in control. He's on the throne. He has all power. But that's not it. That's not it. That's not all of it. He says he has all power, but he's also full of unfailing love. Now this is really good for us because God loves us with a love that's unfailing. Now I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna show you how trust is established in God. He loves us, he, lo he wants the best for us. So not only is he all powerful, but he's also all loving. Now if he was just loving, if he is just loving, the only thing he did was love us, that'd be great, but he would have no power to save us. Now if he was all powerful, That'd be awesome, he's all powerful, but if he didn't love us, that same power could destroy us. So it's imperative that he is all powerful and all loving. And on that character, now I can trust that no matter what I go through, he has the power to get me through and he loves me enough to do it. Does anybody see this? The character of God is what is trustworthy. It is not the outcome, friend, because we don't understand the outcome because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So we don't trust the outcome. We trust his character. And his character is that he's all loving and he's all powerful. So he's strong enough to save you. Well, pastor, I'm in some crazy stuff. He's strong enough but I've done some bad stuff. No, no, he's also all loving. He loves you enough to get you out of it. 
He's strong enough. This is the character and nature of God. He's good enough and he's big enough. Your God is big enough. Your God is good enough. Your God is good enough. Your God is big enough. He's good and he's big. Oh, that's awesome. That's the God we serve. That's how you can trust him. If you just looked at outcomes, you wouldn't be able to trust him because the outcomes don't line up with what you think the outcome should be. So that results in broken trust. And now I can't trust God. If you never trust God, your soul will never be at rest. The only way for the soul to rest is to trust. I was reading this week in, in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, and if you went to Sunday school, you probably heard this story, Daniel in the lion's den, right? G Daniel's, Daniel's praying, and the king says, if you keep on praying like this, you're going you're to get thrown into the, uh, into the pit of lions, the lion's den. It's like really extreme punishments back in the day. Yeah. It's like, let's think of the craziest, scariest thing. Let's feed people to the lions. It's like, dead is dead. Come on, man. So Daniel, of course, he prays. He gets thrown into the pit of lions. Now, for many of us, we would judge the outcome, right? I guess God's not trustworthy. He got thrown into the lion's den. Oh, man, God disappointed me again. He let me down again. Oh, God, if God was a good God, he wouldn't let me go in a pit. And then God didn't even save him. All night, he spent the night in the lion's pit, in the lion's den. All night, the next morning, the king wakes up, he runs to the lion's den. Scene of Daniel still in one piece. He says, Daniel! Daniel comes out in Daniel chapter 6. This is what he says to the king. He says, oh, hey, don't worry about it. I, I wasn't wounded. God shut the mouths of the lions because I trusted in him. Because <sighs> I trusted. Do you see that if you gauge the outcome, you would be angry at him. But if you trust his character, you can trust that he's strong enough and he's good enough to bring out a good. Out Don't put a period where God put a comma. Just because you think the outcome is not what it should be, it doesn't mean that it's the end of the story. You've got to trust your God because your God is powerful and your God is loving. He loves you so much that he's going to bring you through and he's strong enough to bring you through. Nothing can get in his way. Nothing can stop his love. Nothing can stop his power. He's going to come through. It might not be in my timeline. It might not be in my way. But God is going to come through. See, for your soul to be at rest, you have to. It's imperative. For your soul to be at rest, you have to trust. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.